Hi, everyone, and welcome to Quirky Corporate Chicks podcast. We're your hosts, Sherry Hayes and Dana Foster, corporate life coaches in private practice. We focus on people who follow their passion and how their lives have been impacted. Real stories, real entrepreneurs, and lots of laughter as we look at where life has taken us. And today, we're here with Catherine Wallach, the lovely jewelry designer. Uh, welcome, Catherine. Hey. Hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> good. Good. Thanks for calling me lovely. Oh, well, it was so nice. We actually met uh, in person through Patty Pereira from Barton Pereira. um, And I heard she's your uh, best friend or somewhere near there. Yes, she is my bestie and my my most uh, prolific uh, collector. Oh, okay. I I was admiring some of her pieces. So yeah, so you were such a good sport when I sort of cornered you and asked you to be on the podcast. So I'm very persuasive when I want to (laughs) be. Good. Yippee. <laughs> I just, I need to stretch my kind of, um, you know, my, my, uh, what should I say? Not boundaries, but I, I am somewhat, as I told you, um, challenged with certain kinds of, um, uh, what should we say? Internet types of things, computers and phones and all, and you know, all that kind of stuff. So I'm more like really old school artist type and I do need to stretch and that's it's so good that I'm doing this <laughs> so forgive me if I'm struggling a little I have some jet lag I was just in Italy which is was a kind of a business trip I make um a lot of my cameo pieces are made in a little town below Naples called Torre del Greco oh, which is very wow. Gamora laden and very dangerous actually um but I kind of have, have infiltrated into that whole community and they almost consider me one of them. So I was down there um, designing some new pieces, which I'm really excited about. Oh, well, we can. Now, is that through family ties or what brought you into that area? No, I, I it's a kind of a funny story. I was on 47th Street doing my, you know, my usual rounds. And one guy that I know who does some of my setting work uh, seems to have friends in all sorts of places. And I said to him, you don't know anybody in the cameo capital of the world, do you? And he said, yes, I do. I know this guy and uh, I'm going to get you in touch with him. So I call the guy and we make a, a plan to meet. Sure enough, on that day, he was sick and he sends this guy named Pep, Giuseppe Langella. And so <laughs> Pep comes riding up on a motorino, you know, one of those little Vespa type things. And he looks like the Cheshire cat. They call him Pepe Turcone, which means like the Turkish guy. He's like, looks exactly like the, the Cheshire cat. Huge smile and laughs like this. Hoo, 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 like that. <laughs> He's really cool. So he shows up. So like life's mistakes can be the best, you know, and guide you in a way that, that you would never have been guided. I've landed in just the right hands. He introduced me to my cameo carver and you know I've known this kid since he's 19 he's a third generation carver and now he's off on his own and has his own business he often goes to Japan um he's a really amazingly talented young man and um we have worked together for I want to say probably well like I don't know 15 years something like that even more mm-hmm. um so that's kind of how I that, you know that's that ties into the whole um, that's my bracelets, by the way. Ooh. Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started? Were you designing stuff all the way from when you were a child, or did you you kind of dabble in other types of art? I um, Okay, so here's how it goes. When I was six, my 
dad had some some um, relatives on 38th Street in the Bead District, New York City. And he took me over to their, I, what are you gonna call it, factory, I guess it was. And we, we went downstairs and there were these metal shelves just packed with brown paper packages. It looked like dry cleaning packages all over these shelves. And they basically turned me loose and let me just rip open and I was not very gracious about how I ripped <laughs> things open, but I, I was like literally a kid in the candy store. And I, from a very young age, I don't know how it happened, but I, probably my mom, actually definitely my mom, I always go for very high quality things. I don't know how I know that, the difference, but I've always done that when it comes to jewelry and so here I am finding jade and all these beautiful beads and I make this huge package and they're just chucked. They're thrilled that I'm, that I'm, I get it, you know? So these were the people that actually invented the pipe cleaner dolls and the, and the bead looms and those tubes that have the cork at the top when we were kids that you probably remember. Mm-hmm. Remember, mm-hmm. you know, little Indian yeah, seed yeah. beads with those. So they invented the, or, or were the first to like do that. So that's how I started. And, you know, I remember selling on a blanket in the Hamptons, you know, beaded necklaces that I made. And, you know, all through the years, I've been making things from found objects to then I got into um, bubblegum charms. And I was making these interview necklaces that um, involved plastic. And so it involved bubblegum charms, the Indian beads, and then all sorts of uh, precious and semi-precious charms and things that I would find. And they were kind of born by um, by means of using themes. So I would do one that was all the same colors of Good and Plenty and I would sell them in a Good and Plenty box. Or I would do one that um, oh, was, wow. was basically, you know, I don't know, animal based or, or some country like Italy or Spain or England based. And then it started getting into me doing interviews with people. And based on the interview, I would then pr- produce a necklace for them personally. And I would ask for things out of their jewelry box that were, were broken or that were given to them by somebody they they loved but it was an ugly thing or I mean I can't tell you some of the things I've been given to put on necklaces are like a horse's tooth somebody a piece <laughs> oh my of somebody's, somebody's IUD wow um, oh my goodness a, a, a link that was taken off of, of a Rolex watch and they lost the watch but they still had the link um, oh that's painful Oh, the weirdest, the weirdest was the dried piece of somebody's daughter's belly button. Oh, oh yeah. no. That was like, okay, I, we're, this is going a little too far. So then, so then past that point, then the, along the line of the interview necklace, which just interests me so much because I really love to hear people's stories and, you know, make jewelry that people will wear in a very talismanic, if that's a word, way, so that it becomes part of them. Um, you know, I, I, and along that train of thought, I really get so excited by people who don't really like jewelry, and then they wear my jewelry, and it's just a joy. You know, it, it, it's like Aww. they don't even like jewelry, and then they then can't take off some little piece that they have of mine. So then, along the same track of the interview jewelry, the the silver and gold pieces began. I started doing interviews and then a, a silver necklace would be born. And, and out of that, years down the line, I still have the contact of the person whose necklace it is. And I'll call them or email them now and 
say, hey, you know, anything new you want to add to your necklace? I have some really interesting charms. And then I just like keep going with, because their life is wow. still going. So the necklace should still continue, you know? So then, I love that. So then at a certain point, uh, I had somebody insult me and say, you know, you just assemble. You don't really know how to make jewelry. And truth be known, I do know how to make jewelry. I'm just not interested in the really tedious process of it. It is so many steps to make something and it's just not my thing, but thank God I know how to make it so that I can tell the people who I do know, you know, get, get, get a kick out of making it or, or that's their life destiny. I do yeah. know exactly what I'm asking for. So that's been a big plus for me that I understand the process processes, but I also am not scared to say, I don't understand. Can you teach me? And I've learned along the way. Um, so that then I can, I, I know what I can ask for, you know? Um, and yeah. And that's so great. That it's like, you realized your strength and your passion and you were, and you were confident in saying, I don't want to know, or I don't, or I don't want to do these other things, this exactly. other, you know, process of it. I'm just going to do this. Uh, which takes a little bit of bravery to, you know, I think some people when they're starting businesses or going to those kinds of endeavors that they think they need to know everything about it. And sometimes that can even be a, a block for them, right? Because they don't know the whole process that they're like, oh, I can't do this. But That's you right. were just like, nope, I like this one piece of it and I'm going to do it. and I'm going to do it awesome. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. you don't you need know, to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. It's, it's like being a doctor and choosing your so along back to the, the insult thing, which really got me started on a whole other track, somebody said, you just assemble, you don't know how to make. And I said, okay, that's it. Uh, I decided to learn how to make beads. So I went into this whole part of my life where it was also involved with Italy and Venice um, and going to Venice and buying Moretti glass, uh, lengths of glass. They looked like, uh, let's say a straw. Let's, uh, let's say the thickness of a straw and you cut glass into lengths, maybe, maybe 12 inches long and you melt it onto a, a rod which has been coated with graphite and you actually make your own beads. So I learned oh, wow. how to make my own beads from the get-go. And so, wow. um, so that was kind of like, okay, you know, <laughs> you think I just assemble, watch this. And what happened <laughs> during that time was I was working for Oliver Peoples, which is how I met my best friend, Patty Pereira. And, um, and so I was a rep for, for that company and I was wearing one of my rosary necklaces, which, you know, while you're learning how to make stuff, you do kind of, you know, you do the, the, the uh, fast way out sometimes. And I was like, well, shoot, I, you know, how do you, how do you bead wrap? I don't know how to bead wrap. So I was like, wow, rosaries are already bead wrapped. So I, <laughs> I made <laughs> necklaces out of rosaries by cutting off the cross and putting a, a clump of, of charms at the bottom and um those became theme rosaries sometimes erotic and really questionable um, i saw that i saw the erotica section uh, for some reason yeah. i gravitated right towards that you know I yeah for some reason <laughs> so i'm wearing one of those rosaries in barney's and the buyer who you know they, they were kind of fond of me because um eyeglasses and hosiery are the most labor intensive because they have so many sizes and colors. So I would say, girls, you go to lunch. I'll do your homework for you. So they liked me. So I'm wearing one of my necklaces. And she said, whose necklace is that? And I said, it's mine. She said, don't be a smart ass. Who made it? I said, I did. So she said, wow, we want to see your line. So that was like a Friday. And by, by Monday, 
I had run to the flea market the whole weekend, bought every rosary I could find and made all these necklaces. <laughs> and they bought like $17,000 worth wow. of my stuff, which was the biggest sale I had ever made. And I remember putting the check into my fax machine to try to make a copy of it and it got stuck. Oh it. no. <laughs> so $17,000, this would have been in the eighties or the nineties. So nineties, the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And, um, so then I went along for a long time with them for about seven years till they went chapter 11 Barney's and, um, they were very good to me. They did not treat me poorly when it was time to kind of lose their shirt. Um, and they kind of left an open invitation for him to come back at any time. And of course, when I decided I wanted to come back, which just was just a few years ago, the lady had been fired. <laughs> anyway, that's okay. And then I managed to get involved with Paul Smith, who is this amazing yeah. British clothing designer. And uh, I actually made the introduction between Oliver Peebles and Paul Smith and Oliver Peebles then started manufacturing for them. But in any case, I went for, for with them for like a 15-year run of, of uh, selling them a lot of my stuff. And it was wow. a really great, great relationship. And then eventually that went south because um, Paul Smith sold to uh, a group of Japanese. And now they don't really deal with the small vendors anymore. So they make their own jewelry, kind of probably trying to look a little bit like what they used to sell. But it's made by their manufacturers and it's just kind of lost. Mm -hmm for my taste, some of their some of the soul that, you know, the smaller vendors had. But, you know, everything, everything has its run, I think, and, and happens for a reason. So, so um, that's where that went. And then I don't even have any idea how the whole cameo thing came about. Um, except, I, yeah, I really don't even know how that came about, except for that I thought they were really kind of banal and boring looking and I thought you know what you know somebody should have a brooch in the center of their high lace collar that has like a penis on it or something <laughs> so um so I so that's when I got in touch with that friend on 47th street and he got me hooked up with uh you know the guy in in, in down below Naples and we started I think my first cameo it is the first cameo that I made is called riding high and it's a uh, beautiful cherub riding this really big penis holding the reins and um and I brought it back to the states and framed it in this gold frame that I had I had found the the kind of design for the frame in a in a dollhouse store uh frame like oh, a mirror wow. it was a mirror from a dollhouse store so I just made a mold of that and had to kind of Frankenstein piece it together because it was smaller than the cameo yeah so I mean I've been learning um a lot as I go along and it's just it's just such a joy it's something I really love to do so um, well you're smiling as you're talking about it and it's amazing yeah. to see such a genuine smile which we we love and <laughs> on this show you know versus like ah, what I do it fucking sucks it's like no we, I love what I do and uh yeah. it's it's great so where, where do you see yourself heading you know in the next do you do like seasonal collections or do you do as bespoke pieces I do bespoke. Um, I, I, I flea market avidly um, and I'll find a piece that, you know, I've had to write about myself for, for my website and I actually need to update that, but where people have asked like how things came about or why I do what I do. And, you know, when I buy a piece of, let's say antique jewelry or something that, that is broken or that uh, needs re-enameling or that just seems like it just needs a companion it kind of 
designs itself. I, 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 it, it's like a Ouija board when you put your hand on it and your hand goes. It, 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 yeah. I, don't, I don't force any sort of design. And um, I, also ha I, I also realize that some things of mine are, have a direction that are limited to people that want really heavy pieces and like big ropey looking things around their neck or heavy earrings. I'm very sensitive about, um, I don't like wearing earrings that I feel pull my lobes down. So I can't, I, it's like, I just can't make a pair of earrings that really, you know, do that. And so therefore I, I know I'm limiting myself maybe to a, maybe to a certain age range or, um, or aesthetic or something, but I, I do have um, very varied pieces. I mean, I have jewelry that's, like $95 up to, well, I think the most expensive piece I have now is 26,000. Wow. So, you know, I like the range of, I, I still, I don't really work in plastic or anything like that anymore. And, you know, non-precious metals, but I like, I pride myself if somebody was trying on a piece that was, you know, a hundred bucks and something that else was, you know, 12, thousand i would say if the hundred buck thing looked better on you because you know the person is trusting you first of all and they're also going to be a regular customer if you tell them the truth you know mm -hmm. yeah so i i i you know i i do love working with people although you learn quite a bit about people <laughs> um, some celebrities have been quite quite interesting i'll be honest um What's but, the most uh, kind of dynamic piece that someone's asked you besides the belly button? I mean, what, what has anything shocked you? I know I have so many questions about that that are just like morbid that I, I feel like no, I might have to ask, ask you after this is over. No, um, <laughs> is anybody asking to do anything really? Um, you know, I get asked to, to recycle people's jewelry a lot, you know, and because I'm kind of, because of the nature of my, upbringing i'm ingratiating you know being a child of celebrities is is like it's like a curse and a whatever so you know you tend to want to please because you feel that other people haven't had the the um kind of privilege that you have in the world so you tend to be a pleaser so i you know i i find myself cringing when somebody's saying well, i have a broken and can you and i say oh yeah of course i'd love to do that and then it's just the worst it's absolutely a nightmare um, but I don't like doing that, but I will say that, um, let's see, what's the weirdest thing that somebody's asked me to make? Yeah, I, I'm trying to kind of get out of doing things that I think are really ugly or that I'm just not going to do justice to. Um, nobody's asked me to make any piercing stuff yet, as of yet. Um, I, I have been asked to do dog and cat stuff, which I'm so psyched about. I want to do interview necklaces for dogs and cats. Oh, you can interview my new dog. I just got to Oh, my God. Excellent. Oh, honey. I just, you know, just the idea of that and, and making something very well, wearable for them, too, because that's another thing that I'm very concerned about is I don't want things to catch on people or scratch them. I mean, you know, honestly, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't even know being like a little weenie designer that I am as far as out in the world but I don't even know like the laws as far as that goes so you don't want somebody to choke on your piece or get scratched or you know have a have an, a weird reaction to it or whatever um yeah so I haven't really had the uh I haven't really had the the, the kind of super 
super disgusting, you know, <laughs> requests yet. But I, I'm open to it if I get them. This is a sidebar, but the reason why so much of my stuff is sexual is because I find it funny. I like the form of the penis. I think it's adorable. I, um, <laughs> I'm sure your husband loves that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. I'm very not fair as far as like the, the amount of penis stuff as, a, as opposed to like, you know, pussy stuff. I'm just not good at it because it's not something I find like super attractive. <laughs> I, do, I do tits. I do tits. I try to be like loving and, you know, can include, be very inclusive of like all different sexual proclivities, but um, you wow. don't expect to hear certain things from people. And so. Well, it's not so true, but also the questions that you're asking remind me of, um, I don't remember if it was the Times or the Post, there was something about like 30 questions you could ask someone to really get to know them right away. It was something you could ask on a first date, but the questions if someone had a dark story, like there was no getting around it, like what's the worst memory of your childhood, right? You would expect somebody to be, or you can say you expect someone, but more commonly it would be like, oh, I, I broke my arm or like this or that. And then you'd get this story perhaps like this from this other girl, right? Like it takes it yes. to a different, yeah. a different level. I, I remember doing this uh, with a guy that I was seeing while we were driving a car in Bosnia and it was very hot and I remember thinking this is the worst idea ever these questions are way too personal oh, <laughs> it's not what I expected like we'd not read these questions and it was like it takes you a really long time to get through them but anyway this reminds me of, of that with the questions that you were asking that it yeah. sounds very similar to this list uh that had been put out years ago it was funny it's fun though it's also like what did you want to be when you grow up? What is your favorite color? What's your favorite food? What's mm -hmm. your favorite flower? I mean, it's, it is very telling about people. And, you know, what's happened as a result of it is, I've, oh, I don't know why, but I've been very careful when people tell me things about themselves. I'm so into like buying a present that's so specific for a person. Mm. So that mm -hmm. goes down to making the jewelry as well. Like I, you know, I kind of get people in a way and then, and then, you know, comes two years later, suddenly I have like a, you know, a, I don't know, an old fashioned razor blade with a friend of mine, for example, a friend of my sister's, I made him an interview at the time, got a hypodermic needle and he used to be a junkie and he was so into it. He just loved that. I thought there was crutches because he had broken his ankle, falling off the side of a hill, stoned on mushrooms or whatever, you know, so like things like that. And, you know, very so telling. I also love to make things that move and, and have contents. So let's say I'll have like a little miniature handbag and inside of it are tiny little uh, American pennies. And then I'll have a little tiny, tiny knife that opens up and, and maybe some eyeglasses in the case. You know, I, I'm, oh, I go well, that to would definitely be on my charm. Oh, I love I'm that. I'm a big eyewear, eyewear person. So, yeah, so well, I'm and what you're describing is somewhat of a lost art like as far as gift giving goes, right? Yeah. Like that really being present and listening and hearing about someone's story. I feel like, because it's so funny in my own family, they were always constantly like, oh, well, I don't really know what you're into right now. And I don't know what to get you. And I'm like, all we have to do is talk and you'll know. And they're like, it's I don't understand what you mean. I'm like, whatever I'm interested in. People don't talk anymore. Yeah. Yeah. 
I know. I, my my so I feel like that sometimes buys me things that I just, you know, it's based on her understanding of who I was 20 years ago. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. wow, it's really, but um, I wanted to tell you about a new collection that I'm working on because it probably ties in what, what you were talking about, maybe asking me. So I'm volunteering it, okay. which is, um, you know, through <laughs> darkness comes light. And I've, you know, I pretty recently lost both my parents. We had like two homes, two parents in four years now. And I'm, you know, I grew up unlike my husband in one apartment on Riverside Drive my whole life. And so getting rid of that apartment was, it was like an entity being torn out of me. Yeah. And so out of that whole thing, you know, there was 10 years of really heavy duty elder care. And I kind of let go of my acting whole side of my life because I'm also an actress. My sister would say she's an actor, but I still say I'm an actress. Um, so <laughs> I kind of let go of that side, although you'd be happy to know maybe that I just got a new manager and I did all my new headshots. I have an audition tomorrow for a film. So I'm, I'm really excited. Congratulations. I, I, I Congratulations. Yeah, I need to express myself in that way. I love the art. I'm not so thrilled about the business end. Anyway, so, um, so out of their death, I, I found myself needing to express myself through my art somehow. And so I decided to make, all right, let me tell you exactly how this started. I was in Tucson, Arizona at the gem show, which I go every year. And that is salvation. It is just the most amazing thing. And there I found a tiny, and I mean, so small. It's like, let's see how small it is. It's, it's almost like it looked like, it looks like eyelashes. It's a tiny, um, fossilized shark tooth so I find this little shark tooth and I think gee you know there's a dead shark somewhere that lost this itty bitty tooth and so I thought to myself wow you know maybe I should make some mourning jewelry like oh M yeah -E -G. yeah like so the hair and make, stuff right yeah but I decided to make um because mourning jewelry also houses it, ha it has like a little window sometimes and like you said the hair is in it or or something written under there on a little velvet pillow. I mean, it's very unusual and very, they even had an exhibit of it at the Met, which was amazing. At, at one point I had, I, I usually have really long hair in my life because I have this big mane. And at one point I was gonna cut my hair, which I have now done three times and I have three huge braids hanging on my wall. It's kind of like an art installation. But I thought, wow, I could make jewelry. I have so much hair, I could make so much jewelry. And a, a person who was of the kind of shamanic uh, bend mm -hmm. said to me, don't ever sell your hair. You know, you can sell somebody else's, but don't do yours. Anyway, so out of this kind of sadness and needing to express myself and also just find who I was in, on, the, on the earth anymore, because what happens when your parents die is like, it's now it's, it's, You're it's an in your lap. Yeah. It's in your lap, you know, it's like, I don't have children of, of my own. I mean, I, no sob story here, but I, I'm married to a wonderful guy recently who does have kids and whatever. So I have an, another family, but still your, your roots and, and what you're made of is when it's gone, it's just, it's really, uh, it's a very strange sensation. So um, I'm dealing still strongly with this sense of mourning so i decided to make this collection and it's called good morning m-o-u-r-n-i-n-g oh wow and it's um mm. and i'm making pieces that are kind of hum um humorous i want to say because the shark tooth then got born into a ring that still isn't finished but it's 
it's enamel, which often it's like a band of, of gold enamel. And it, it has words around it, as you can usually see on, on old uh, morning jewelry, Victorian morning jewelry. And it usually says in memory of or uh, gone but not forgotten. You know, it'll say things like that. And so this actually says in memory of Lil Sharky. Oh. Inside of the window is the shark tooth. And I've done, um, you know, Carpe Diem cameo. And I have uh, another cameo of kind of a bat lady who looks like she's dead, but gorgeous bat lady. And um, I have another one that's a brooch that says Father's Regard. And, um, you know, I'm just working on a lot of black enamel and black gutter percher. And um, this is all going towards me wanting to do this photo shoot, which was why I had recently all this hair. I had this waist length hair that just, I just couldn't take it anymore. I said, okay, I can't be walking around like Crystal Gale and I cut all my hair. Because <laughs> I figure for the photo shoot, because I, I want to be the, 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 like, let's say the main model in the photo shoot. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I figure they can, you know, computer generate my hair because I just can't, you know, it was growing too long and I just couldn't stand it anymore. So the, the photo is going to be of myself as this kind of, um, I, I like Portuguese or Mexican looking Madonna creature with, you know, black face oh. and, you know, oh, and a wow. child sitting on my lap. And the child is this photographer from Rome's son. Now, you know, I came up with this idea two years ago. The kid probably has hair on his lip by now. So I'm going to have to cast another <laughs> yeah, child. You're going to have to get another kid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to get another kid. He had very arresting blonde uh, blue eyes very very and you know maybe I don't maybe I don't because the Pieta by the way is like Mary holding Jesus and Jesus is her age you know so like maybe yeah. maybe I have a kid who looks like he's you know 15 years old <laughs> but I think he'd only be probably let's say 11 by now but he, he he's not gonna look as pre-Raphaelite with the little blonde girls and bright blue eyes so anyway so that's kind of uh, a collection that I'm very excited about and it's 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 coming it's it's getting it's coming to fruition you know i used to say to my mother all the time she would kind of worry about people and and um you know make comments and stuff especially when she had more and more dementia and i'd say mom eyes on your own paper so i have a little cameo yep. that says eyes on your own paper and it's inside of a uh, it's, it, 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 the cameo is actually inside of a little um, glass and sterling silver kind of, um, what do they call them? It's like a memorial charm, I can only say. You know, so mm -hmm. it looks like you look down in Like a mausoleum or something? Yeah, a little, little, yeah. Like a little a mini yeah. mausoleum. Yeah. Well, this has been fantastic having you on today. I'm so uh, I'm so pumped to kind of see your your um, photo shoot when it comes out. Is it going to be you. a spread or uh, in I'm a magazine? Gonna, gonna or gonna put, yeah. I, I'm going to I'm going to find some magazine, an odd, you know, something, and 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 put it in. I'm I'm, I'm very excited about it. As well as I can't wait to see it as well. Yeah. Thank you. Is there anything you have that you uh, would say to someone who's starting out as a jewelry designer or sort of a creative in general? Just a piece, one piece of advice? Yes, I would say um, don't, I don't often look at other people's jewelry and, and, and I don't think one should. I also would say um, I don't make seasonal 
you know, I, I don't have a conventional business, so I don't make my jewelry in a conventional way. I say, you know, make it as it comes and, and you know, follow, follow, be guided by the art that's within you to, to you know, realize what, the, what it wants to be. Don't, don't force some sort of a, an, you know, some sort of an outside notion onto what your art, which is what jewelry or any art form is. You know, don't, don't push, just let it, let it be born naturally. Wow. That's great advice. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you so much. I mean, I feel like that's anything in life, you know, yes. like, I mean, persevere and push forward, but you know, if it, if it doesn't feel right, then, then don't push it. Yeah. And definitely don't be driven by the big buck because that is like, I just find that if you make it, they will come, you know, really, yeah. I, I've never been somebody, I, you know, that's been driven by having to be successful and then success will come if you don't you know, it'll mm -hmm. come or it won't. And, you know, I don't know, with me, I actually need to kind of talk myself into allowing myself to have a little bit more success, probably because of my upbringing. But yeah, so I would say, you know, don't, <laughs> don't be driven by uh, the big, the big uh, buckaroos. Big coin. Yeah. 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 It's nice when it comes though. Yes, it's great. Oh well, thank you so much, Catherine. It's been such a pleasure. And yes, uh, for me too. Yeah. yeah, we look forward to speaking to you again another time soon. Yippee! Uh, yes, and keep us uh, send us a link or you know anything that uh, once all this other stuff starts to come to fruition, you have to keep us in the loop. You got it. All right. All right. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.